Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, as we study the traditional Christmas story. Now, let me give you a warning before I get started today. Um, Last night, my dear wife and my sweet daughter uh, made a family specialty, Swedish nut rolls. We're not Swedish. I don't know how we got to make Swedish nut rolls, but they are good, y'all. They're these little pastry triangle things that they cut out, and then uh, you put nuts and sugar and stuff on the inside, and you roll them up and bake them, and then on the top, you drizzle icing and put chopped up pecans. It's pecans, right, Mary? Not walnuts? Yeah. So uh, last night, I, you know, the girls are doing their thing. I come upstairs and said, what can I do? So I washed and dried a couple things for Melanie because she's busy doing other stuff. And then this morning, because you got to let the Swedish nut roll sit out, right, so that icing on the top gets kind of hard. You don't want to put them up yet and then get the icing all squished up and messy. So they're still on the counter this morning. So this morning I said to Melanie, hey, is there anything I can do to help? She says, well, yeah, you can pick up that stuff that's left because once you pick up the Swedish nut rolls, there's spots of the icing all over the wax paper. And there's all these chopped up pecans all over the wax paper. I thought, got my cup of coffee, there's some Swedish nut rolls, there's a whole lot of pecans and a whole lot of icing. So I got a spoon, not a teaspoon, a tablespoon, mind you, and I scraped all the bits of icing to the middle, and then I took the wax paper and went, and all the chopped up nuts went in the middle, and I just ate it. (laughs) That was my breakfast. I'm just telling you, if this sermon goes off the rails somewhere, blame it on icing and chopped up pecans, okay? Uh, My wife is responsible. I'm sure she would feed me something good, but, you know, I'm still a child at heart. Can I get an amen? Amen, yeah. When you can eat chopped up pecans and icing for breakfast, I mean, yeah, what do you do? Well, that wasn't the introduction I planned on for this sermon, sorry. (laughs) Luke chapter 2. We continue our Christmas sermon series, Wonder. And wonder, this idea is why we worship. What is it about who Jesus is? What is it about what God did through Christmas that is wonderful, that makes us wonder, that makes us want to tell others about it? We started two weeks ago with this idea of King Jesus and the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, how there is a reality of hope. And that hope is especially needed for us in the midst of 2020 and everything that's not right and everything that we are fearful about or worry about. We need the hope of Jesus. Last week, we looked at the story of Mary and that she was chosen. And though she was chosen for a special job, that all of us who are believers in Jesus are equipped and are called to serve Him as we're put in life. You're the only you there is going to be. Next week, Pastor David will lead us to look through being amazed in this question of greatness, that all who heard this were amazed at what the shepherd said from Luke chapter 2, verse 18. But today, we look at the majority of this Luke 2 passage of the shepherds and the angels and the worship, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20, that the shepherds were filled with wonder. And it helps us to answer the question of why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we worship Jesus? So let's read that together. 
If you're able to stand with me in the honor of reading God's Word, would you stand with me as we read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to the men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. God, this is a familiar passage of Scripture for so many of us. We sing it in songs. We may read it as our family. And we hear it when we come to church. But let us not be lost in the familiarity that we miss what it is that you would teach us today anew about the fact that you've called us all to be worshipers, to celebrate your glory and to give you praise for who you are and what you've done. And frankly, how you love us and how you saved us And how you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to do that. God, we worship you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Verse 8 sets up the story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And verse 9, it's one of those that just needs to be read in King James, it seems. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I don't know if you've ever been sore afraid, but that's a mighty afraid. They were terrified. Our first question to answer in our sermon today is why worship Jesus? Why worship Jesus? It's something that we do every Sunday when we gather together. It's something that you do whenever it is that you give your heart to worship Him. It's not just Sunday morning that we worship Jesus. Our whole lives should be worshiped to Him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as one working for the Lord, not for men, the Bible tells us. So when we consider worshiping Jesus, we need to ask why. Verse 10 helps us see that. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Angels always start with, do not be afraid. They were fearful beings. They are still fearful beings. If you see an angel, you're going to know it. 
It's not just somebody that does something nice and you think, oh, that must be an angel. No, there's going to be something about the appearance or presence of the angel in which you will be moved to fear. And the angel will say to you, just as in every occasion in the Bible, do not be afraid. But notice what the angel says next. Verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. What we see here are three reasons to worship Jesus. Three reasons to worship Jesus. The first is good news. Good news, the gospel is what we call good news. Evangelism means to share the good news, to tell the good news. But it's good news because God loves all people, sent Jesus to save any of those who would accept Him as their Savior and Lord. The second reason we worship Jesus is that it's of great joy that anyone, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what language you speak, no matter what you've done, no matter, as I've said before, what's been done to you, because so many times the devil uses that to create false guilt, which is just debilitating and terrifying and sinful in and of itself. God loves you, and he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to save you. And that should bring you great, abiding joy. What's the third reason there in verse 10? And that's for all people. All means all. No matter where you're from, God loves you. And all means all, no matter what you've done, God loves you. God so loved you that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus, that if you believe in Him, you'll have eternal life. God demonstrates His own love to you that even while you were still a sinner, lost in your sinfulness, apart from God and His grace, He sent Jesus to die for you. God so loved you that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved without a doubt. God so loved you. Which leads us to the answer for that question. Why do we answer Jesus? Because Jesus makes all the difference for all people. All the difference for all people. In the midst of 2020, we could use a little difference, couldn't we? Something to encourage our hearts. Something to give perspective to our minds. Something to help us persevere. Something to give us hope. Something to encourage us beyond our circumstances. Something to give us abiding joy even if things aren't going like we want them to go. Because God loves us, He gives us Jesus, and that's the first reason why we worship Jesus. Moving on to your second point on your outline. A related question is, why do we celebrate Christmas? Well, it's sort of in the first answer, right? But why do we celebrate Christmas? We see in verse 11 in this passage of Scripture. The angel goes on as he's telling them, good news, great joy, all people. And then he gets very specific. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Three reasons in this verse we celebrate Christmas. The first is that he's a Savior for all people. Jesus is a Savior for all people. We already established that in verse 10. He's for all people. And He's a Savior that's been born to you, no matter who you are, as you read this passage of Scripture, as you hear this, if you're the shepherds out on the hillside, 
He's a savior for you. He's a savior for you. He's a savior for me. He's a savior for you that's watching on video. He's a savior for all. He's a baby in a manger that's a savior for all. What's it say there? Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This other example that follows in the next verses is what the angels and the shepherds themselves do. We worship at Christmas. We gather together for worship services on Sunday mornings like normal, but we have special worship service on Christmas Eve as well in order to worship because that's what the angels showed us as an example. The angels showed up in just a moment here in our passage of Scripture and blew the guys away, a heavenly host. Heaven knows how many that meant, filling the skies and singing these praises. The shepherds themselves demonstrated their worship by going and responding to the message they received. And they give us an example of celebrating Christmas in worship. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth. And so the answer to your second question is that Christmas celebrates God's love. We celebrate Christmas because it celebrates God's love. It reminds us of how much God loves us. That no matter what else has happened in our year, no matter how terrible we feel about ourselves or our circumstances, no matter how the devil is working against us, no matter even the sinful choices we have made that have gotten us off track, that God loves us and He'll forgive us and He will welcome us back. And because He loves us, we celebrate His love. And though we recognize Jesus born of a virgin at Christmas, it's all about the love of God. Maybe you need to turn in your Bible with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, a familiar passage in verse 38 that tells us about God's love. It says that I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I get an amen? That nothing you know and everything you don't know and can't even imagine, nothing can separate you from the love of God. We celebrate Christmas because Christmas celebrates God's love in the form of a baby and reminds us how amazing is the love of God. Galatians 2.20 tells us that those of us that have trusted Jesus and accepted God's love have been crucified with Christ and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And it's all about His love. That because He loves us, we love Him and we love others. Look at verse 12. The angel said, this will be a sign to you will you find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. In verse 14, 
We worship Jesus because He makes all the difference. We worship Jesus because He shows us God's love. The third question on our outline today is what do the angels teach us about worship? What did we see right there that the angels did and said that teach us about worship? Because anytime God sends angels in the Bible, it is in order for them to accomplish something for His sovereignty and His purpose. Or teach something for His sovereignty and His purpose. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we're supposed to learn from the angels here? And specifically, since these angels in verse 14 are worshiping God, what can we learn from them? Well, there's three things. Glory to God in the highest, they say. That we should give glory to God. Um, How do you do that? I mean, you know, you and I don't have the ability to hover in the sky with a heavenly host and sing songs, but we can gather here to glorify God, right? The choices you make and the way you live your life glorify God. You can sing other places at other times to glorify God. You can give your heart and give your life as an offering to glorify God. You can glorify God in everything you do because it's not so much what you do, as long as it's not sinful, you can't glorify God doing that, but it's the state of mind and heart with which you do it. How you live your life brings glory to God. The second thing we see there is what they said that peace on earth. The angels teach us about worship is that God brings peace on earth, which should tell us something that when we come to worship, It should bring peace to our lives. When we bring worship to a new people, it should bring peace to their lives and their place. When you hear about historic revivals in the past, like the Welsh revival of 1904, God's Spirit so swept through communities in Wales that bars had to close because nobody was going. Ladies that were doing things that they shouldn't have done, were put out of business because no one was going. It's even said that in Wales that the mules in the mines didn't work because the men no longer cursed at them. The community was so changed by Christ and there was such a presence of the peace of Christ that everything was different. Is God so real to you that peace reigns in your life no matter what's happening Look at that next phrase that the angels say. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Goodwill to men. That God came to bring goodwill, bring change. Which leads us to the answer to our third question. The angels remind us to glorify God. They give us specifics about what we can say to God because we're recognizing who God is and what God has done, and we glorify Him. Now, those last six verses in our passage of Scripture, verse 15 through 20, lead us to our fourth point. And your fourth point is what do the shepherds teach us about worship? We just learned from the angels and what is the content of our worship. And there are three things that we can learn from the shepherds here. The first in verse 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord had told them about. And they hurried off. 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in a manger. They didn't delay. When you recognize God has done something great for you, you don't say, hey, I'll worship in an hour. I'll worship him for that tomorrow. You worship right then. When God reveals himself to you, you say thank you right then. You welcome what he's done. You recognize what he's done. You praise him for what he's done. Right then, you don't delay. But in this case, when God reveals his will to you, you obey immediately as well. The angel said, here's what's happened. And they said, wow, it wasn't a command that they go and worship, but they chose to go and worship to see if what the angel said was true. They had enough faith to trust the angel's word to act in obedience. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. That tells us the second thing that the shepherds teach us about worship, and that's share with others. One bad thing about worship, if we think about it as something that only happens right here on Sunday morning, and only happens on live stream on Sunday morning, is we miss that fact completely. That because we've been changed by worship, because we realize God's love, and if we think worship is only one hour on Sunday morning and this is our worship box, we forget that our lives are worship, and we forget to share worship and God's love in everything we do, all the other hours of the week, that we forget That worship is how we live. The shepherds teach us that we should tell others about what God has done for us. To share the wonder. To share the hope. To share the joy. To share the peace. And Christmas is an amazing, perfect time for us to do that. You go on in verse 18 and 20. In verse 20 it says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. The shepherds recognized God's sovereignty. That God said, here's what's going to happen, and it did happen. God said this miraculous thing, you don't normally find babies laying in mangers, and it did happen. It was just as they had been told, and it demonstrated God's sovereignty. And they recognized that, and they were talking about it with one another, that worship changed them. It wasn't, okay, we walk out the door and we immediately start thinking about other things else. That on the way home, and when we get home, and as we live our lives, that the worship experience we have had changes us to the fact that we can't help but talking about it. Which leads to our fourth And final answer, the shepherds show us how Jesus changes us. They were moved to obedience. They were moved to go explore. They were moved to tell others. They were moved to recognize God's sovereignty. They were moved to praise God and discuss what He had done with others. This passage of Scripture teaches us about worship and that in Christmas, for all these reasons and more, we can worship God and we celebrate His love. Our scripture memory verse for the month reminds us of this as well. And that scripture memory verse of the month, Isaiah 9, 6, let's say it together. Isaiah 9, 6. 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9.6 That's who Jesus is, and that's why we worship. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, it's a joy to worship together each and every Sunday. But this season of the year, we're filled with a little more expectation, a little more hope, and a little more joy. Something about a baby and something about your love for us and the Christmas story that changes who we are. And God, I pray that in the midst of everything that our lives might be right now, that we would be filled with that sort of hope and joy that we would share worship of Jesus with others through the Christmas season. Not just by saying Merry Christmas, but by discussing why Christmas is Merry. God our Father, we pray that you would fill us all with your Spirit, those who have trusted Jesus as their Savior. We pray for those who have not yet trusted Christ as their Savior, that they may make that decision too realizing how much you love them no matter what and commit their lives to follow you. May we take these steps of obedience in response to what we've heard today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.